Thank you, Pastor Carlos. Appreciate it. And thank you so much, PL and Chris, for the amazing blessing of your life and that you've been doing here in Christ Fellowship, and you're going to do so many more things. That was really just the beginning of what God will do with you. So Christ Fellowship, my brothers and sisters, my royal family, this is an amazing time we're in. It really is. It's an amazing time we're in. Now, it is, however, as we all know, it's a time of uncertainty. But in a time of uncertainty, you got to look to things that are certain. And in this case, what we're talking about here, what we like to discuss here, is the certainty of God himself. And in fact, we are so sure of that certainty that we've been doing a whole series here about moments, times in the scriptures, and today, where an amazing thing happens. You have heaven and earth overlapping, a supernatural event that occurs. And what do we call this? What do we call when this happens? When there's something that's just, it feels like it's beyond us and it's something more going on? We call this a miracle. A miracle. And it's something that is amazing. And it's something that has happened and has happened and will continue to happen as we go forward with things. Because as we're learning, we're trying to put our hand in God's hand all the time. So that when we see these miracles, when we see these events happen, we know where to give the credit to. We know where to point to. And that's the point to God himself. So as we go through this, you know, we've been talking about a lot of different things. You know, we had, we had uh, uh, the beginning of our series here about miracles. We talked about the miracle of healing. We talked about that. That was Pastor Diana led us through that, about healing, how God can heal. And we talked about the, the miracle of deliverance. What Pastor Carlos led us through, how we can be free from these terrible things in our lives, that God can deliver us, and that is a miracle. That is an amazing thing that happens that many of us watching can testify to. And today, today, this is an interesting one. Today, I'm going to be sharing another miracle, and I'm going to be sharing a story with you. We're going to really camp out on a particular story from the scriptures. And this story right here, man, it is, it is something, let me tell you. And once you really like, look at this story and you think about it and you meditate and you read it and you read it again, you pray about it and you chew on it for a little while, you're going to see that there are some big-time miracles that happen here. And also, there's a huge lesson and a huge challenge for us. So today, today, what we're going to be talking about, the subject of today, is the miracle of, <coughs> oh man, <coughs> the miracle, hold on, <coughs> oh man, I need some water or something, I need some something like some water, or something. oh, what, oh, wow, what a, what a hookup, wow, look at that, you know, I needed, I needed that water and it just, boom, it was just there, mm. yeah, I need that, I need that, and uh, Woo! You know, I got to tell you guys, I'm um, a little hungry. I'm a little hungry. I, like, I need like a snack, something to eat or something like that. I, oh, look, what? A banana? Not, what? You know, I, I can hold off, though. Don't worry. I can hold off, though. I'm not going to be eating this banana while we're discussing all this. I'm not going to be chewing. You don't have to hear me. You don't have to hear all that stuff. Don't, don't worry about all that. I, I won't do that. I will take a few sips of this water, though, because, man, that was, that was sweet. I just, I, I needed something, and it was there, and it was available. I mean, that is, mm. that's good stuff right there. That's good stuff right there. Well, today, what we're talking about, if you can guess, is the miracle of provision. 
provision. Provision, provision. You know, that, that, I mean, if we're honest, that sounds like one of those, like, uh, you know, old church words, you know, provision. I mean, you know, I don't, do, people, do people use that word? Do people use that word a lot? Provision? Now, they, I, I've heard people use the word of provide and uh, provider. I've heard people use those words here. And, uh, you know, provision, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting because God's provision in itself, in itself, is a miracle. God's provision, the very fact that God provides and what he provides and what is supposed to happen with what God provides is something that we got to really lean into because there are miracles that will happen. Once we really key into this, there are some serious miracles that can happen with us and that can happen within us and that can happen using us. So, you know, provision... Um, you know, a simple definition is a providing or supplying something, you know. Um, now, particularly, we're talking about needs, things that are needed. And then once you build from needed, it's, it's other things that are more desired to help leverage certain things. But we'll get to all that in a little bit. But um, what I want to ask you first is this, is this. And you can uh, add this into the comments as we go through this. I want to ask you this question is, um, what does God provide? What does God give? And you could write in the comment of something that God has provided for you or that you have witnessed God provide for other people. So write, write that in there. What, is, what has God provided for you? What have you seen God provide for other people in your life, in your, your neighborhood, your family, things like that? What has God provided for you? I mean, let's, let's make, think of some examples. Has God provided safety? Has God provided food? Has God provided maybe, maybe more so unseen things? Has God provided you with some, some courage in a rough situation? Has God provided you with wisdom? That's a big one that we talk about a lot. God's provided you with wisdom. What has God provided for you? Now, you gotta, you got to think about this list, right? And you can add in the comments, or if you're home taking notes, you could just do that as well. Because we're going to come back to that list because that list is important. And once you reflect on what has God provided for you and what have you seen God provide for other people because there's much more to it than just the receiving, as we'll get to later. So I could tell you two important things. And this is the, the two main things to take away from this that we're going to be looking at. And, and like I said, the story that I'm going to be sharing from the scriptures, this story, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, a well-known story well-known story. And let me tell you, this story, I mean, it has drama. It has tension. It has, I mean, you just, you just I mean, if you read through this, you're just like, oh man, what's going to happen next? I, I just, what's, what is this? So as, as I was given this responsibility to bring this message, I looked to this story and I just, I got two main things out of it. And I'll explain as we go through this, is, is this, is that provision comes with a promise. That's one. Provision comes with a promise. And the second one is this, is that provision comes with a purpose. So it's the main two things. Provision comes with a promise and provision comes with a purpose. It's, you know, P word, P word. So you can try to make it simple to communicate for everybody here. So you can, you can tweet that, you can post that, things like that. You can share that, that information. So we have provision comes with purpose and for provision comes with a promise. So let's get to it. Let's get dig into the scriptures 
And let's learn from what the wisdom that's being told in this story and what we're supposed to reflect on and learn. Let's get to that story. Now, you can go right here. And this is the main thing we're going to stay with. We're going to go with this story here. So this is, you can find this story uh, if you want to follow along on your app or on your, your, your printed Bible. This is Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. Genesis chapter 22, 1 through 18, reading out of the NIV. Now, like I said, this story is something else. This is a wild one. I mean, there's tons of stories in the scriptures that are just like, whoa, whoa, what's happening here? But I have to say, though, since this one is well-known, sometimes when something's well-known from the scriptures, it kind of loses its, uh, loses its edge, loses its oomph, you know? And that's why you have to keep coming back to these stories and back to these stories at different stages in your life. So that you can be able to really, you know, lean in and think like, oh, man, like, you know, I read this when I was in Sunday school as a little kid. Or maybe I saw a movie about this. But, you know, now I'm an adult and I'm going to look at this in a different way because, you know, life changes. And this is one of those types of stories. At least for me it is um, when you go through. So this is Genesis uh, chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. Now, this is a story about a man named Abraham. Now, you might have heard of that name before. It's a man. His name is Abraham. He's a pretty well-known biblical figure. And he has gone, before this part of the story in his life happens, this man has gone through a lot of ups and downs. He's had success. He's had failures. He's bounced up and down. And, you know, God, though, is not giving up on him. God's not giving up on Abraham despite his failures, despite his ups and downs. God's not giving up on Abraham. God's not giving up on, on, on what he wants for Abraham and with Abraham. And we'll fill in some of those details as we go along. So I just wanted us to really lean into this story and emphasize some few parts because we're going to see how the miracle of provision works out in this particular story. So Genesis chapter 22, starting at verse 18. So here we go. Sometime later, remember I said all a bunch of stuff has happened before this, but, you know, here we are, right, today. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Now, let's just pause there for a second because there's a very important word there. It's saying, this is framing the whole story. God tested Abraham. This is a test that's about to happen. So think about when you were in school or if you are in school, when you know a test is coming up, you know it's serious. We're going to find out right here in a test where Abraham's heart is, where his allegiance is, where his life is going. This is a test that's about to go down for Abraham. God needs to know something about Abraham because God's got some plans. He wants Abraham in them, but he's got to test them out. He's got to test him, and that's what God does. He's got to know if you're for real, for real about this, and he's got to know if you can be trusted, and he's got to know if the miracle happens, what you're going to do. So this is framing the story. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. Abraham says, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. And his son's name is Isaac. Go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. Wait a second. Okay, this is, like I said, it's a wild story. It's a wild story. Take your son, whom you love, and sacrifice him in this time, this place. See you tomorrow morning. 
Wow, that is interesting, isn't it? So a little background about, uh, about Isaac here to keep in mind, though, is that uh, remember I said provision comes with promise. Well, I'll tell you this, a little, little something about Isaac. Isaac has a very interesting story. Isaac was born as a provision. He was born as something God provided. Isaac was born because God wanted to start a new family with Abraham and his wife, Sarah. So God wanted to start a new family, and God chose them. He said, you're the people that I'm going to use, and you will have a child. And Abraham and Sarah were like, yo, man, we're old. I don't know how that's going to work. And they, let me tell you, they went through some serious ups and downs trying to make it work on their own terms. That's a story for another day. But they really had to believe that God would do this. So here you have the promise. And the promise is here. It's Isaac. He's born. Isaac, this is the child of the promise. And God is saying, you need to take him to the mountain I'll show you, and you need to sacrifice him. What is happening here? What's going on? This is, this is the, the son that was promised, and yet God is saying, I need you to take him and sacrifice him. Well, let's continue with the story. Let's see what happens here. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took, two, uh, he took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. Then he had cut wood for the burnt offering. He set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, wink, wink, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance, and he told his servants. So remember, it's, it's Abraham, Isaac, and the two servants, and the donkey, and the supplies. He says to the two servants, stay here with the donkey. I will go to the, uh, I, will go, I and the boy will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? Remember, God said, sacrifice Isaac. But then Abraham says to his servants, he says, we're going to go over there. We're going to perform our act of worship. And we, meaning him and Isaac, we will come back to you. How interesting. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. We will come back to you. Now, admittedly, admittedly, you can, you can read that and think, well, you know, hey, maybe Abraham's just kind of like, you know, you know self-talk. Maybe he's kind of like, you know, just you know, saying it just to kind of, you know, uh, just think positively or something like that. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe Abraham knows that this child of his, his son whom he loves, is the promise that God provided. And what Abraham has to do in this moment of testing has to believe without any doubt at all that somehow, some way, God's purpose is going to go forward. That somehow, some way, myself and my son, we will come back down from this mountain. Abraham in this is exercising a statement of faith saying, this is what God has provided. God's provision comes with promise. And because it comes with promise, I have to believe it. I have to hold on to it no matter what. Now we know that God is sovereign. God is all-powerful. So what God gives, we know he can take away. 
But in this instance, it's interesting because Abraham has to really hold on to the promise that God gave him, the provision that God gave him, and say, myself and Isaac, we will come back down from this mountain. I know times are uncertain, but we got to hold on to the provision that comes with the promise. We have to hold on to that. We have to hold on. And it's not just self-talk. It's not just, you know, hyping yourself up and just trying to, you know, cope. It's not like that. God provides many things. And those things come with promise. And to know these promises that God gives is to know God's heart. And you have to think to yourself, am I trusting God no matter what? Now, the, the promise, now let me make it something clear, though. The promise is not always based on what you and I might want. I mean, the promise goes beyond that. See, God is full of grace. God gives what we need. God gives and gives and gives constantly, constantly giving, constantly pouring himself out to us to provide for us. Constantly is doing it, and it's outside of us. So it's not something that we did on our own. It's something that God gave us because he loves. And with that love comes provision, and with that provision comes promise. And there are many ways that God keeps us safe that we might not even realize. There are many ways that God promises things and God provides things that we might not even realize are happening in the moment. But nevertheless, it's happening. We just have to have the eyes to see it and the heart to receive it. We just have to be able to do that because there's times in our lives, and I know too, there's times in our lives where it seems like nothing makes sense. It seems like things are out of order, out of whack, but nevertheless, we got to proclaim that God is good. We have to put our hand in his, knowing that he's good and that he gives good things and that God does not lie. God does not say things that are fictitious, that this is something that is a promise from God Almighty, from the creator God who made everything. We've got to put our hand in his and trust him with that. It's the point where we can say that we'll come back to you. This will be, something will happen. I don't know how, don't know how it will happen. Don't know the methods, don't know how step by step, none of that. I don't know the how. I don't know the how. But I do know that there will be something here that will be good. The good will somehow come out of this. I don't know how, but somehow Good will come out of this. Continuing with the story. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on, on Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So this, th there's going to be a sacrifice today. That's, that, that fire, that knife, that wood, that's not for nothing. There is going to be a sacrifice today. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up. Now, they're going up the mountain. Isaac's carrying his supplies. Abraham's carrying the other supplies. The servants and the donkey, they're waiting down the back of the mountain. They're like, hmm, I don't know how this is going to go down, but this, you know, something's going to happen here. And it says, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, Abraham, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, let's just be honest about this. 
reading that, I mean, it's, that's one of those, uh, ooh, mm. that's one of those moments of, uh, ooh, you know, where, 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 where's the lamb? Where is uh, the lamb for the offering, Dad? I see, you know, the supplies, but uh, yeah, it's a little, little, little rough on that moment right there. A little, little, uh, a little awkward in that in that uh, regard, right? But look at Abraham's answer. Again, this is the son of promise. He, Abraham says, "God Himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. God will provide the lamb." I don't know how, somehow, some way, this will happen because I know that we're coming back down from this mountain. We're coming back down because you're the son of promise that God has provided for us. Moving on. And the two of them went on together, and when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. This is happening. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Now, let me just explain this whole burnt offering thing real quick about how this, how this goes down. So the burnt offering, and this is, this is a little graphic, I'm going to tell you. What was going to happen in this moment is he was going to take that knife, cut his son's throat, and light him on fire. That's how this whole thing works. I know, it's a little graphic, but that's how this whole thing works. That is what was going down, and Abraham was committed to doing this. But he's committed to doing this, knowing that somehow, some way, we're coming back down from this mountain. He's bound. The, the, the wood is there. The knife is there. It's the whole scene. It's going to happen. But hold up. The angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Oh, here's a turn in this story right here. Watch this. Watch this. Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Don't lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Watch this part. Pay attention to this part. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. I don't know about you, but that's something else right there. God said, go to this place, I'll tell you. Burnt offering, son you love. The son I gave you, by the way. And it's a test. See, with our provision, we have to know that our provision does not come from us. It comes from God. It comes from him. He gives, and he can tell us to do what, we, uh, what he wants us to do with it. Because we have to surrender ourselves to him. So in this moment right here, this is ultimate surrender. I mean, the whole thing was there. The wood, the knife, the fire, the, the, the rope, the bind, and it's, it's going down. And when God stops Abraham from doing this, it's stop right there. Okay, now I know you're serious. Now I know you're serious about this because you have withheld nothing from me. You have not withheld not even your son, who I gave you, whom you love. And there's been ups and downs in Abraham's life. He wasn't perfect by any means. And in fact, you can reason that this is the moment here where Abraham really trusted God. I know Abraham, there's moments where Abraham had to believe God, but, but this is a test. This is a test. 
Do you really trust me that I will provide no matter what? No matter what it looks like. In fact, you know, the the byline of, of this series about miracles is walking by faith, not by sight. No matter how it looks to you, do you trust me that I will provide? Because my provision comes with promise. My promises are secure. My promises, you can bank on that. See, my promises to you are serious. God's saying, I'm not joking around with this. My promises are serious. And you, but you got to be mature about this too, though. You got to be mature about this. Because it's not just, you know, God promised me for, you know, this, this thing I want just for myself. It's beyond that. You see, it's beyond what's happening here. It's beyond what we might think is what's best. Because it's beyond us. Because it was given from beyond us. And it goes out beyond us from there. So in this, in this part right here, now, now check this out. Remember I said there's going to be a sacrifice in this day. God said, you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and, oh, what, what, what's that over there? Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, that's like a, like a bush or a tree, or a small tree. And there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Bible nerds, let me give you a little something right now. Think about what just happened in that scenario. A pure offering provided by God hung in a tree. Just think about that one for a little bit get back to me. God provided this a sacrifice. And then it says, so Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it's called on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. See, I can tell you something. I can tell you something is that when it comes to God providing, this is what I've said to myself. I have to remind myself constantly, constantly, constantly is I have nothing except what I have been given. I have nothing. I don't have a house. I don't have an amazing wife. I don't have fantastic children. I don't have a job where I get to, to teach children constantly, where I get to teach them and try to you know, help raise them up in wisdom. Right? I don't have a church family. I don't have anything that's made by myself. I don't have money, nothing like that. It's all because of what God himself has given, what he has provided. And because of that provision, though, there's a little something more that goes with it. See, with the provision comes purpose. God's given us so much. And even if you feel like God hasn't given you a lot, make no mistake about it. Matter of fact, matter of fact, let me, let me, let me just, let's, 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 uh, let's really, let's really get this. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring it in close, bring it in close, bring it in close. I'm going to tell you something right now. Bring it up close, bring it close, bring it in close. Make no mistake. God is looking to see how you use what he has provided. God is judging what you do with what he has provided for you. It's not just about you. It's about what God can do with you. 
in his provision. Because, because with that provision, there's the promise, we know that. But with the provision, there's also a purpose. There's a purpose that happens. And make no mistake, God wants his purpose to happen. And he wants to use you. And he's given you so much for you to use to do his purpose. You see, when we think about this, you have to realize something is that God's provision is not for us to do as we will. God's provision is for us to do his will. God's provision is not for us to just do as we want to do. God's provision is for us to do as he wills, as he wants us to do. See, Abraham and Sarah, it's interesting because Isaac, their son, he is the firstborn of a new nation. God has provided this son for them, even at their old age. That's a miracle in itself. But it's not just so they could have a cute little family. It's not. It's not that they could just have a family and, you know, boom, check off the list. Made the family. Yay, we got it. Yay, because we were so sad before. It's beyond that. I mean, that, yes, it comforted them. It brought them great joy, like we said in the story. Your son who you love, we know that. But it's beyond them. In fact, this provision of the son Isaac came with a purpose that will outlive Abraham and Sarah. That will start generations, generations that still have an effect to this day. Generations. See, you have to think of yourself and what you're doing right now. You have to think of yourself as an ancestor. Think about this. Generations from now, your children's children, 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 so forth and so on. What you do today with what God has provided for you will directly affect those people. You'll never meet them, at least not here. You'll never meet them. But think about this. If they can look back in their family and say, well, you know what? Way back in my family line, someone trusted God. Someone gave their heart to God. God gave them things. God provided for them. And they used that to do God's will to the point where here we are many years later, many years later, living in that blessing. Many years later. We have to start thinking like that because God's provision is not just for us. It's beyond us. It's greater than us. It goes before us. It goes after us. It's something that continues on way past our lives here on earth. It goes so much farther, so much farther, so much farther. And this, the key to understanding this is something that Jesus said. You see, someone came up to Jesus one time and said, Hey, uh, Jesus, you know, teacher, rabbi, I got a question for you. You know, there's a lot of talk about the laws, right? And there's so many laws, all these different laws um, about eating, about the temple, about, you know, interactions with people, you know, about, uh, you know, if, you're, if your livestock tramples over my crops, like how does this all work? There's all these different, li- the, these different uh, laws that uh, are happening here uh, that are supposed to be, you know, amongst the people and stuff like that. And someone came to Jesus one day and said, hey, so, like, what's the most important one? Like, what's the most important and that was a long-ranging debate uh, of different rabbis. They debated this all the time. This one's more important. That one's more important. Well, you know, this prophet said this. This prophet said that. This teacher said this. This teacher said that. So someone says, hey, Jesus, what's the, what's the most important? And Jesus goes, well, I mean, uh, you know, I think we all know this one. Uh, let's just look back in our own history at a, at a prayer we say a lot, the Shema. Let's just say, uh, let's just think about that, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart or your soul or your mind and strength. 
And the second is just like that. Love your neighbor as yourself. So he's quoting from their heritage. He's quoting from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy and Leviticus to be specific. And he says that, and, and this is what we have to understand with provision, is that we're talking about loving God. Like how we say here in Christ Fellowship, to love God. Think about what loving God with all your strength is. That means that you have to leverage all that you have in loving God by loving other people, by loving your neighbor. You have to leverage everything you have. See, the word of, of strength, what it, what it translates to in the ancient language, is like all, it's all, all your muchness, all that you have. Everything you have has been given by God. And God is looking to see who is going to use what he's given to love their neighbor. Now, we said before, it's a time of uncertainty that we have, and we know that. Think of the needs that are around in your family, in your community, and it can be something simple. You know, sometimes we think, I just need to have a certain amount of things, and then I could do God's will. Or God, you know, and then, and then you know, I know I talked to uh, everybody about uh, a while back about, you know, the scarcity mindset, thinking, you know, I don't have enough, I don't have enough. Let me tell you something. God has given you so much that you might not even realize it. He's also looking to see how you use it. He's asking you do, you, do you love me with all your strength? Do you love me with all that you have? Do you love me? Are you using what I've given you? Are you using what I've given you for my purposes? Or are you hoarding it? Are you using it? And it's a test. It's a test. It's a test that God gave Abraham. It's a test that he gives us every day. Are you gonna just, just going to look at suffering, especially now, and just, oh, well, hey, at least it's not me. Are you going to look at people in need in your own family, your own community, and think, oh, well, hey, you know, like, I got mine. Are we really those types of people? Because remember, God's testing us every day. And what's so interesting about a crisis is crisis reveals character. Crisis reveals who's for real about this, who's for real about loving, giving, generosity. This, is, this crisis that we're in and that has far-reaching implications, God is looking at his own people and saying, are you leveraging what you have? My provision that I've given you, are you using it for my purpose? Because it's not for your will to be done. It's for my will to be done. And let's look at the Abraham story. Let's look at how, see, this, this part ends right here. This is, check this one out. Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And, on this, and to, to, to this day, when this was written, people say that, the Lord will be provided. Then the angel, called out to, the angel of the Lord called out to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, remember Isaac is the firstborn of the new nation, through your offspring, all nations on the earth will be blessed because, because, here's the reason, because you have obeyed me. We have to think about this. 
We really do. We have to think about this. There's so many ways we can give. There's so many ways we can help. I mean, there's, it could be monetary. It could be just simple as an encouraging word. It goes a long way. It could be just uh, some type of, uh, you know, praise on somebody. Like, well, you know, this person, they really helped out. I just want to give them their moment. It could be so many different things that we can do. There's so many ways we can leverage what we have for God's will and for God's purpose. But are you willing, though? Are you willing? The miracle of provision is given to us. It's given to us. But it's given with promise because of God's character. But it's given with purpose for God's will. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, it's a common saying. It's a common saying that, uh, that people have had for years and years, right? It says you got you to you you, uh, you uh, give to get, right? You have to give to get. That's a common saying people say, right? You got to give to get. You got you know, to give and you got to get. You know, you got to give to get. And, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense in certain contexts. We know that. It makes sense in certain contexts. But as the people of God, and if you're watching, if you want to become part of the community of God, it's not for us, it's not just we, you know, it's not just give to get. See, we get in order that we can give. We receive in order that we can give. We receive the miracle of provision for the purpose of giving to those in need. We are a community together. We are a community that's bonded by the word of God and our testimony. We are going to make sure that amongst ourselves and beyond, just like how it says, the nations will be blessed. Other people will be blessed because we are going to obey God. And we are going to do what God has told us to do. We are going to do his will. Not our own will. Not our own selfish desires. Not our sinful motivations. But God's will from God's own heart. And remember... There's nothing that you have that hasn't been given. And there's nothing that you haven't been given that God wants you to use. It doesn't have to be much. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Jesus told a story. All you have to have is faith the size of a mustard mustard seed. And a mustard seed is very small, but it grows so big. Just that little bit, it just grows and grows and grows, and it grows beyond you. It's interesting because if you think about seeds, you have one seed can make one tree, but one tree can have hundreds of fruit. And in each fruit, there's more trees, five, six, seven, depending on what it is, maybe, you know, tons more. And each single part of that goes beyond so that we keep it going, generation after generation. Because what we stand on today is what someone else gave us. What we stand on today, and I know it's not the same for everybody. I know that, and I'm not trying to downplay that in any way, shape, or form. However, God is saying, what are you doing with what you've been given? What are you doing with what I gave you? Because there's a test, there's a promise, and there's a purpose. Now, it's interesting because sometimes when I think about this myself, I... uh, I think about, you know, what is God given? And am I using it? And at the beginning of the message, you know, I asked you, you know, what has God given to you? And look at that list. Are you using it? 
Are you using it for God's purpose? Are you using it for God's will? Are you using it how the early church used it in Acts chapter 4? Are you using it in the sense of uh, they provided for each other? To the point where, as it says in the scripture, there was no needy ones among them. Are you, are you helping? Are you a part of the community? Or are you closed off? I know, I know there's a lot to be concerned about. And I know there's a lot that can, be, that can make you scared. There's a lot to be fearful about. And I, I understand that. We all understand that. However, however, be an active role player in this. See, one thing that fear does is it cripples and paralyzes. And it makes you not want to do things. It makes you not want to help. But, like I said, there's many ways you can do that. There's many ways that you can help, that you can assist, that you can give. Many different ways. Many different ways. I mean, think about this. You know, our, our, our pastors, our elders, our leadership, you know, what they're doing to help us all continue growing in God, to love God, make disciples and change the world. What they're all doing, you know, they need encouragement. They need prayer. You know, your neighbor that you know is suffering. It's so interesting, I think, about amongst the church community and neighborhoods. We, we know what each other is struggling with. We know what each other needs. We know that. So what do we have to do? We have to pray. We have to help as we can. We have to give based on what we have. Because God has given you something. God's given everyone something. But you have to use it. I, uh, when I was growing up, when I was growing up um, into starting to know God, um, the church I was a part of, First Baptist Church of Westfield, um, it was, you know, we, we sang a lot of the, the, uh, the classic hymns, right? So a lot of those classic hymns are like in me, right? They're in me, like I, you know, kind of think about them and stuff like that because the lyrics are, you know, so powerful, the, the, those classic hymns. And uh, one is this, uh, one, one that's a pretty popular, pretty well-known one. Uh, it's called Great Is Thy Faithfulness. And this is something that's been repeated a lot. And this is, this is a classic hymn, classic hymn. And you might have heard this one before. The lyrics go like this. It says, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. All that I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is God's faithfulness to provide. It's a miracle, and it's a daily miracle. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I need, God's provided. Great is his faithfulness. I can praise him. Because morning by morning, day by day, there's another chance. There's another test. There's another chance to do God's will. Moment by moment, day by day, choice by choice, the miracle is given to you so that the miracle can be given to others. Let's pray. God, you know, we stand here, Lord, and um, we're amazed by you. We're awed by you. And just who you are, God, that you're a provider, that your mercy is new each day. We just thank you so much, God, for just what you've done for us. No matter how much it is, you've given us so much already. Just by even giving us breath in our lungs, God, you've given us so much. 
God, we thank you so much for your provision and the miracle that it is. Morning by morning, new mercies we see. And all we need, we were provided. God, stir in us, Lord God. Stir in us something that makes us realize that what you've given us, you want us to use to do your will. Help us, God, to love you, to love you with all our strength and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. God, I ask that you would forgive us, that your mercies would be made known to us, God, of times we've been stingy, times where we didn't feel like it, times where we've hoarded things away, times where we've been just selfish, Lord. God, may you forgive us and may you start to stir in us. Break that heart of stone, Lord God. Give us that heart of flesh that makes us realize that we need you and we need to be used by you for this world. You're not done with this world, God, because the church is here. The church is here. God, may you just continue to bind us together, to bind us together in our fellowship, Lord God. And may those who have not bound themselves together, may they continue, may those who have continue to do, may those who are still staying on the outside, may we all come in so that we may share amongst ourselves that there will be no needy persons among us, God, just like how it was in the early church days. God, you're so good. And what an honor it is and how humbling it is that we, Lord God, that, that we, in all of our ups and downs, all of our trials, all of our struggles and successes, Lord, that we can be used to start something that will live beyond us, a blessing that will go beyond us because of the miracle of your provision. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you for these miracles, Lord God. Thank you for healing and deliverance and provision, Lord God. Thank you so much for all this great is thy faithfulness. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And as we, as we part, let's just receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. Mm. Be gracious to you. May his face shine upon you. May he turn his face to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Be a provider.